right, guys, what's going on? So we're back without our uh, fourth person that was joining us on the last episode. He had a uh, emergency come up that he had to attend to, but we are back. We are here to discuss Marvel, or more specifically, the MCU's best and worst villains. With that being said, guys, I think some of you guys might have misunderstood me when I when I reached out to you earlier in the week to uh, come up with, you know, uh, I did say the phrase make a list, but I didn't like specifically <laughs> mean to make a countdown from 10 to 1, anything <laughs> like that. But there might have been some miscommunication there. But I will say, I guess if I started off, one that I would have to bring up from the MCU as the most forgettable would definitely be Malekith. I think that uh, it's not it's not even so that he is just a terrible actor or the performance was bad or whatever. It wasn't even that. Or the character of Malekith himself. It was just the way that he was used in that film. You know, it made that character become very forgettable. What do you guys think? He had such potential. In the comics, he's cool. He's so cool. He's, he's tough. He's got the casket of winters, and he's just like taking people down in all the realms and then he showed up on the the big screen and it was like it was like a whole new character it was such a pale comparison his motivation even the his look the how the dark elves looked it it could have been so good and it was so bad yeah i i agree he's actually in my list simply because you know when you expect like a big bad or a villain to be in a movie you don't expect them to share that role with the people that they're kind of supposed to be controlling or their their subjects or whatever and i felt like he just kind of so many times in many different scenes kind of took a back seat to his own schemes it just didn't it didn't have the it had so much potential i agree that it was, I mean, like that film could have been absolutely phenomenal. And uh, it just fell flat. It was very monotone for me. It was. And I think that he was definitely at the center of Malekith for sure. What yeah. do you guys like, when you think of villains that stand out in a good way in the MCU, what, what villains come to mind? One of my favorites uh, is Zemo from Civil War, simply because like he was just, even now, if you've watched Falcon and Winter Soldier, he's just malicious. And I mean, like his agenda and everything, like he get, he will do stop at nothing to do his agenda, get his agenda across. And he just really caused so much anarchy within that one movie. And I think for such a character as he is, uh, that has no, no superhuman ability or anything, it's just manipulation. Just the fact of pure human evil nature that he had, it was just like, he he's one of my favorites. Like, he killed it for me. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Zemo because when that movie first came out, I wasn't like a huge fan of Zemo. And even some of his plans in the film were a little, they took a lot of liberties, you know, to, yeah. I mean, but of course they do that in a lot of films, right? But when he was fleshed out more in Falcon and Winter Soldier, I really like that villain. He was just elevated to me so much more than he had been, you know? And yeah, like you said, in Civil War, I mean, a powerless individual that's basically just a normal dude with maybe a lot of connections, a lot of resources, was able to tear apart the Avengers. 
that's a, I mean, that, that wound is still present even in Infinity War, even, you know, in Endgame, that wound is still there, the wound that he left. So, yeah, I mean, as far as uh, the one who accomplished the most, you could definitely give that award to Zemo. What do you think, Jared? Yeah, I liked Zemo. I, I liked him the first few episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then I feel like he kind of dropped off. I think a lot more could have been done with him. Like, put the flag smashers over here, and let's focus on Zemo, because he's like the Loki of that series. Let's yep. let's see what else is going on. So I hated that he was taken off the table like that. And, and you know, you asked what villain kind of stands out. I mean, I feel like there's Loki, and then there's everyone else, honestly. I mean, really? he's just been in, he's been in, like, every movie. So yep. he's been, flesh and then got his own show. So he's fleshed out more than every Marvel villain combined there's nobody even close uh but i mean they they write books on loki and dissertations and i'm not interested in that what i'm interested in is his mcu sister hella hella was just psycho good and i i want another movie with her as a villain just when she even her first appearance she shows up she takes mjolnir destroys it sends them you know knocks them off into all over the place shows up on Asgard, kills the Warrior Three, takes over, becomes queen, takes down all everybody. She's just like, wow, she's so cool. So tough. And then she does this. When you do that and then you pull out blades from your arms, can you get any cooler? I just don't think yeah. you can. So like, yeah. that's how I go to work. I go to work and I'm like, but nothing happens and they're just like Jared, stop posing like that it's weird but Hella is great and I really hope we get to see her come back in, in some form even if it's a prequel if they do decide to do something about when Odin trapped her that's fine but um, overall Marvel is very much about having one-off villains and I think that's a huge it's just a huge flaw of the MCU as a whole yes just a one and done villain and hella just deserves she deserves something like baron zemo like what you're talking about i would have liked to have gotten more from red skull in the mcu hugo weaving phenomenal actor that both those characters you guys were talking about zemo played by daniel Bruhl, phenomenal actor also kate kate blanc blanket blanchett blanchett, blanchett. yeah kate blanchett phenomenal actress so when you look at Hugo Weaving for Red Skull, he didn't even come back for uh, Infinity War. You know, I think that was somebody else playing the role. It was Ross. Ross Mark Wong. Wong. Yeah. 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 He's like an impressionist, I guess, or he's good at doing yeah. a Hugo Weaving impression. I think he also played the voice of uh, Ultron in What If. But yeah. yeah, you know, when you have those strong actors and actresses playing those characters, I mean, yeah, of course you're going to want to see more. Uh, that's, that's the thing. Like, to me, that's one of the big tragedies of the MCU. Even Killmonger, man, like talk about phenomenal actors. Michael B. Jordan, come on, man. That's a freaking Academy Award winning actor. And uh, his performances in Creed. Oh, my gosh. I love those films. Uh, I think they're already doing a, a part three to those. I don't know if you guys have ever seen part one and two of Creed. But I'm a huge Rocky fan. And how they transitioned from Rocky to, to Apollo Creed's son in those films and he did just does such a great job it's almost like you know i can see him stepping in those shoes because sylvester sloan whether people want to give him credit or not 
was a great actor, a very good dramatic actor, and he has a lot of potential that he didn't always use. But when he did use it, you know, so I think that uh, Michael B. Jordan fills those shoes very well. But I'm starting to to digress a bit here. Uh, yes, Hugo Weaving, great tragedy that we didn't we didn't get to see him come back as Red Skull. Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger, like you guys said, Zemo, Kate Blanchett, Hella, good stuff. Really good stuff. I'll talk about another one. Have you guys ever thought about uh, including Vulture in that list, played by Michael Keaton? Yeah, I, I, I thought about him as I was uh, – I wasn't putting a list together. She just uh, – <clears throat> but it's actually written. Did anybody wall, put a list right? together? Did anybody actually go through <laughs> the hard list work right and dedication to do something? Uh, <clears throat> but anyways, uh, like as I was going through and just kind of – reflecting on how these characters and the impact they had. I think it was Michael Keaton's character was really well done. It's cool to see these characters that are just from, I mean, they're just, I hate to say ancient characters or ancient actors or whatever, but uh, <laughs> they're just like, they haven't done, I guess, something that would be more relevant to today. They haven't done any big movies or anything in a long time. And when they come back and they do something like being a character as Vulture, I think he did a great job. I think as far as like being a villain and having, uh, just having a lot of malicious nature about him, I think he did very, very well. That one scene where he's in the car with Peter and Peter just looks, he did a great job playing that by the way too, uh, Tom Holland, of just making, you could just see it. He was just pale and just nervous. Probably the same way we all felt, you know, going to our first prom, right? But he was just, you know, in his seat like that. And then the way Vulture, like, looks back and puts his arm on the armrest, he's like, good old Spider-Man. Then you see the green light on his face. Just a little subtle things like that. Man, that's just good stuff. Great, great. I think I even got, I think I even got anxious. When that I was too. I was, like, I was nervous. Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> My palms were sweaty for sure. Yeah. I'd have to I'd have to throw Justin Hammer on this list. He's from uh, Iron Man 2. You know, that movie for me was very low, probably bottom yeah. seven or eight movies in the MCU. But I feel like he was the shining star of that movie. His attitude, he just whoever that guy was, I forget his name. I know he's a big name, but he just played the heck out of that movie, that role. He played it so well. And then we never heard a thing never heard another thing we've heard about hammer and um we heard about those in the freeform shows like cloak and dagger uh they talked about that and runaways there's been a couple mcu stuff where it's in been... that post-credit sequence with uh trevor slattery there you the go first... yeah some super but never never justin like come on bring him back and i know they're getting ready to do armor wars on disney plus so i'm hoping that he plays a role because like Hella, I just feel like he was so such a big presence. He almost was bigger than the rest of the movie. Hella was bigger than, you know, Thor and Hulk running around being silly in a bright costume, whatever. I we just gotta get Justin back, you know? He was so great. He was very good in that role for sure. I forget that. Yeah, I, I, I literally just watched that film uh, yesterday because I was trying to figure out who all my worst were. And I was trying, I knew Whiplash was like on my bottom of the bottom and I couldn't remember why. And I watched, went back and watched and I 
now I'm in total agreement that Justin Hammer is due like some due diligence to kind of resurface, whether it be in armor wars or something of the like, just because it's like Iron Man, I guess you will, like someone who's trying to be the same or equivalent that never seems to measure up. So they have to relent to being a villain or whatever. But on that same, on the other side of that coin, Whiplash had such a potential and I Anton Vanko, which is where the character was derived from, it ends up being Ivan, his son. And then I don't know if it was so much just the storytelling or Mickey Rourke's acting that really destroyed the character for me. Because, I mean, at this point, when Mickey Rourke shows up, we had just got like really beat up with the Expendables series. And so like you've got all these older actors that are resurfacing and doing these films and then next thing you know you've got Mickey Rourke supposed to be a a bad villain I just did not like it I just did not enjoy it whatsoever I enjoyed Justin Hammer but I just did not enjoy Whiplash as far as like it had so much potential man I don't think that that was Mickey Rourke's fault Mickey Rourke is a great actor but he can also be a bit of a diva behind the scenes I think as well (laughs) So maybe that played a part of it as well. I, I don't know if it was there was a disconnect between him and Favreau or if it was just the sheer amount of stuff that Disney and Marvel were giving Favreau to cram into this movie. It's probably a combination of everything, you know, that, okay, hey, John Favreau, don't forget, we also got to have that cameo in there of uh, Nick Fury's got to pop up. Black Widow needs to be a, a pivotal part of the film and we need to start laying the groundwork for the Avengers film, you know. So there was a lot of stuff that he kind of had to balance there. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was probably a combination of those, all those things together. Mickey Rourke's a great actor when he, when he wants to be, you know? Uh, So I don't really think that it's his fault, but then again, maybe it is because there's been a lot of rumblings about uh, behind the scenes drama between him and the director as well. So I don't know. It could be a cornucopia of all those things. Oh, did you just say cornucopia? I did. Before Thanksgiving too. Good one. You know, when I think of bad villains in the MCU, sadly, it's easier to think of that list. When you look at Iron Man 1, Jeff Bridges, that felt cheesy to me. I wasn't a huge fan of that. It's really not his fault. He's a good actor too, but Marvel tends to do that a lot and it gets boring. The whole mirror villain thing in every film. Ant-Man has Yellow Jacket. Even though Yellow Jacket, you know, that's... In the comics, that's slightly different, whatever, but they just turn it into even even kind of Killmonger. They almost tried to make Killmonger a mirror spitting image of Black Panther. You know, it's a lot of their fault, in my opinion, because they they have these unique characters from the comics. You know, even Whiplash, they tried to make him very similar to Tony Stark's suit and, you know, with whips (laughs) that that he (laughs) twirls around, you know, like a jump rope. But I think they need to get away from that more. That's why initially before Iron Man 3 came out, I was really hyped about the Mandarin, even though now we all know that that was, you know, Trevor Slattery, because that was going to be a different, completely different power set, completely different type of person that's going to be fighting against Tony. But in the end, we got, you know, no, the one that said, I am the Mandarin. And he had the tattoo on his chest. and Aldridge Killian. Killian. Aldridge Killian. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they, they tend to do that a lot and, it gets old, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing over and over again with these origin movies, even uh, uh, in Doctor Strange, you know, you have the, 
rival sorcerer, right? You know, it's basically the same set of powers. The common denominator is like you've got really either good or decent actors playing these parts. They're just under delivery on, I guess, the origin of the character on the same type of topic, you know, one that I expected a lot more from, but it was very much under-delivered for me was Taskmaster. I wanted that to be so much more than it was. And it was like such a letdown that it ended up being what it is. Like that's, that's just, I feel like that's bad storytelling. You changed an unnecessary detail. Like I love the first Doctor Strange. Um, I think it was a great movie. I think it gave a light into different cosmic realities, but at the same time, you have such a big, huge character like Dormammu and you only give him like this small moment of screen time. You give Caecilius the, the majority of the film and then you give Dormammu this small little section and it's you just get him stuck in a time loop and loop and then sur- make him surrender. And then now we never we don't hear from him. Again. And like this no longer mentioned. And so I think it's just under a consistent under delivery. I'm thankful that the ones that they've done well, that they've knocked out of the park, that way it beca- doesn't become stale because there is a, there, there can be a consistent under delivery of origins of villains for sure. Maybe, and, and, and we need to be patient with that Doctor Strange trilogy if we ever get a full trilogy because don't yeah. forget, we're only on the first Doctor Strange film. There's always that possibility that Dormammu could pop back up in the sequel or the third movie as well if we get the trilogy. And also don't forget about, uh, what's the... Uh, Mordo. Mordo yeah. could possibly come back as well. I would go with the Skrulls as being pretty disappointing for me. And hopefully there will be a redemption arc in Secret Invasion. But for them to basically be a villain throughout the whole Captain Marvel movie, which was like the only thing that made it bearable to watch, was I love the Skrulls. And then at the end, it's a bait and switch. And they're really all the good people that are just on the run from the Kree. No, they're not. They're just as savage and they will turn into your mom and shoot you in the face. And to just not have that, and I was super disappointed with the Skrulls. Taskmaster. So I want to know more about this character from the comics. Apparently he's very talkative in the comic universe, right? Obviously I know it's not a female character in the comics, but you know, I felt like that character from what I've heard from a lot of purists, got the Deadpool treatment from X-Men Origins, Wolverine Origins. And, uh, you know, where they basically sewed his mouth shut and put a mask over him or whatever. Same thing with Taskmaster. Am I right or am I wrong about that? No, you're right. Yeah, he. I mean, he's a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that has photographic memory, and he would watch different videos of superheroes, or he would fight them and be able to mimic their moves immediately. He was so good at what he does is he would open up schools for new supervillains and they would he would teach them how to do all these moves and how to fight like Spider-Man and Captain America and stuff. And then he'd send them on their way to go do more stuff. So then to have this be a daughter in a suit that doesn't talk with uh, glasses that tell her how to fight, totally nerfed. That is a, don't call it, have that be a character, that's great, but don't call it Taskmaster call it yeah. task mattress or mistress or i don't know the mistress <laughs> just not taskmaster you know taskmaster is not like his role in the comic is not a supporting role it, he's more of a lead a lead in the front and kind of i am moving the pieces along and you're following whereas in this it's just like some robotic uh, i'm giving you instructions based off of you've been mentally rewired 
and you're getting instruction based off of the manipulation and all the training and all of that you went through. And it's just like, again, it's, I feel like it's an unnecessary change to a character that's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I think the movie Captain America, the Winter Soldier had the best villains of the MCU. We had the Winter Soldier, we had Alexander Pierce, and we had Hydra. Like, those three were just wild. Do you remember that first scene when we see Winter Soldier, you know? And Zola. Yeah, see? I mean, like, that movie just had the best villains I'd put up against anybody else. You know, Winter Soldier shows up, and it's just misty and hazy, and you see him walking slowly towards the car, Nick Fury, and like what and it, and it just you know is it bucky is it not bucky we know but the characters don't know alexander pierce it's a shame we're not going to see him again but he played the heck out of that role he didn't even have a ton of lines but he seemed like yeah this guy this conniving guy has been acting like a, a banker basically nice nice and just running the show or whatever and he's infiltrated all of shield and you believe it and then you have all the Hydra agents. You got crossbones in there. And you don't know who's who. And they're fighting, shooting at each other. And just, wow. The, so those three right there, I guess I forgot Zola. He, he was good. He was great. But he was no Winter Soldier or Hydra or Alexander Pierce. Those three were just a lethal combination. And I think they did great. All around great film, by the way. Wonderful yep. film. Even outside of Marvel, you could just watch that movie and be like, this is a great movie. Yep. It's like a political thriller, like a 70s spy thriller movie. It's top-notch, top-notch stuff. If we're going to talk about more modern villains, we could go, we could talk about the Mandarin, you know, the new, uh, or the, the Mandarin that we got in Shang-Chi. Did you guys both watch that film, by the way? I haven't yet. Okay, you haven't watched it yet, so we can't talk about I it. I know, I know. I'm so behind. I haven't watched that. I haven't watched Venom, and I'm over here, like, frantically waiting on so much to happen and we're about to get eternals and i'm just i gotta get to the movies man <laughs> yep it's shang chi's a good one shang chi's a good one honestly jared's gonna laugh in my face for this but i personally think that the best superhero film of this year is the suicide squad so far it's better to me it was it was slightly better than shang chi is there a Definitely way to look better than Venom 2? <laughs> what is it? I'm with Casey. <laughs> I said, is there a way to remove the host? <laughs> hey, I mean, come on. Yeah, it, it was like, better than, it was definitely was, better than Venom to me. Well, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't compare it. But I can tell you, I was um, going into it and having James Gunn at the helm I had so much expectation. He's done so well with comic book movies for me so far. And so like he set the bar so high for himself, the content that he's given or whatever, the script that he's given and the, the amount that he's got to write or whatever. Like, I think I was just more let down with the content itself. It had great parts in it, but I don't know, man. I just, I didn't enjoy it as much. I enjoyed it more than the first one. It's so not, it's not, the Suicide Squad is not as good as Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Oh, no, absolutely not. And it's probably not even as good as Guardians of the Galaxy 2. But I'm just saying, I gave it a 7.5. But I think that that movie barely edges out Shang-Chi, definitely beats Venom 2, 
what else have we had this year? Is it only been oh and Black Widow? Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Black Widow either. So yeah, it's to me, it's better than all three of those films. Are you on crack? Actively? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, so I got on this show thinking we were talking about Marvel villains. I already did a show on this, how terrible Suicide Squad 2 was with you. I feel like yeah, I'm having PTSD. We're starting to get off the rails here a bit. <laughs> <laughs> there is, you know, Abomination and there's Thanos and there's the Black Order and uh, Agatha Harkness and the Ultron. And there's so many wild villains that kind of go the spectrum, you know, like Thanos, a lot of depth, really, really good. Thanos. Ultron, wasted. Oh. I didn't like Ultron, though, honestly. I, I thought that Ultron came across a little cheesy. I like the guy that played his voice, James Spader, but I think that Ultron, for me, came across a little too jokey. But Thanos? Yes. Oh, Thanos is probably, honestly, the best. I can't believe we haven't talked about him yeah. yet, but Josh Berlin. It's probably because we figured Thanos was just kind of a given. <laughs> it's just, I mean, he's yeah. – he's, he's, it is the Infinity Saga, if you will. I mean, it's yes. uh, his whole agenda is behind all of it. And that, man, both those films, Infinity War and Endgame, were just so phenomenal. And the way technology has come forward these days with uh, capturing his performance in the, in the uh, you know, you got the dots all over his face, capturing that facial performance, he did a phenomenal job. I mean, you know, just his look and his emotions, you know, like, probably the best by far yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you for ultron ultron had so much potential on the comic books you take him yes. out and you think he's gone and he shows back up and you take him out and he comes back and he's merged with with hank pym or like there's so many different iterations and they just again they took him out after one movie this big bad of the avengers and he was i think so i didn't like him jokey either but because he was a personality from tony stark it made sense to me. I just didn't like it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't like it at all. But the way that the Marvel movie did it was, yeah, basically, this is a computer program that Tony wrote. It's not going to not be sarcastic, you know? And, and so he was what he was. I didn't like how he looked. I didn't like how he talked. Uh, the one time when, like, when he broke off his face and he looked like the comic Ultron, like, yes, keep that. And then he went back to his, his ugly look. I like the what if Ultron. <laughs> I thought yeah. he's great. Yes. <laughs> yes. Bring him. He was not playing around, man. That that was the true potential of Ultron. Literally, like possibly on the verge of shattering the entire multiverse. That's the Ultron we know from the comics. I've read some stories, uh, books and titles with Ultron in it, and he ain't nothing to play with. Sure. <laughs> but no, no, it, it was uh he was very intense and I love the way that they allowed his character like once he started like once he started off on the track of screwing things up like it escalated very quickly very and like they did it was like they didn't have to screw the storytelling we're just gonna jack stuff up <laughs> and like just punching uh the watcher through each reality and then next thing you know, he eats an entire galaxy. Phenomenal. Like I turned for one moment when the Watcher all of a sudden steps back and then gets into his armor. And like you see all these powers going forth. I, almost, I had like a flashback of my childhood watching Dragon Ball Z. 
because it was just like it was just like these two guys are just ashing it out, and it was just man, that yeah, Ultron, Ultron, and what if is if he's in live action, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, big time, guys. We're starting to run out of time. Thank you so much for joining me today, taking time out of your day. Folks watching at home, thank you so much for joining us and, and watching us discuss our, our some of our favorite and least favorite MCU villains. It's been a blast. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at Real Comic Book Cinema. You can also look us up on Facebook. Please like, share, and subscribe. Jared, would you like to plug anything? Yeah. Check out the M6P. We're on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook, all the places. Love to have you. We're all things Marvel all the time. None of the Suicide Squad stuff. So don't have to worry about that. We're a safe space for you. So come on over. Check us out. The T-H-E-M-6-P. Check us out. It's good stuff. I follow you guys on, on uh, not, not Instagram, but Facebook. And I've uh, been a follower for a while. And I've actually been on the show a couple times, too. So yes, good sir. stuff. Absolutely. All righty, guys. Well, everyone have a great, wonderful weekend. And until next time, have a good one.